You're listening to Arc Radio Podcast. Not only the first Jummah, but the first week is drawing to an end. The seventh fast is today, and therefore we have a minimum of 22 fasts remaining after iftar today. And this is just an indication that the time passes so quickly. Many of us just remember getting to the swing of things at the weekend of, of Ramadan in terms of fasting and the cycle. And already another weekend is upon us. Alhamdulillah, Allah's majority of us to be able to rest a bit because I know and we all know how difficult sleep is for us when it comes to Ramadan. No one will complain about the thirst. No one will complain about the hunger. Everyone will complain about the sleep. Especially when you have 8 o'clock or 9 o'clock starts on a daily basis in a hospital when you're operating or when you're busy with labor, pushing things. And we crave that time in the evening where we can go back and have a nap just to freshen ourselves up at least so that we can see the rest of the fast and do some dhikr or ibadah or indeed prepare ourselves for taraweeh. And a part of this is a blessing as well that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has given us the ability to plan ourselves and to be able to recognize that if a situation changes, we have the intellect to think about things and try and modify our lifestyle so that we can benefit ourselves and ultimately benefit ourselves for the sake of worshipping and pleasing Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And this is a blessing that we sometimes overlook. Uh, yes, it's difficult and no one will dispute that 19 and 20 hours of fasting is is not hard, but the interesting thing is everybody, non-Muslim, asks us about our thirst and our hunger, how do you do it? None of us will say it's the hunger, we'll say it's the sleep. And that's an interesting observation that I have certainly noticed, certainly speaking to people. But at the end of the day, the blessing, the fact that we're not actually feeling hungry or thirsty, is the fact that we're fasting for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. That we're abstaining from those major sins, such as backbiting and slandering, and therefore the fast gets uh, easy. People who engage in such activities whilst fasting, their fast becomes harder. So we should take a glad tiding, the fact that the hunger and the thirst is not overwhelming us because uh, we are doing the right things, hopefully, by the will of Allah during the day. And this concept of blessings is actually something that is overlooked. And in fact, obliviousness to blessings is one of the diseases of the heart that we have been talking about over the past year or so, alhamdulillah. So I shall continue with this. Among the faults of the souls is obliviousness to blessings. It, its root lies in, in attentiveness to the statement in the Quran. Whoever uh, whatever blessings you have, it is from Allah. By simply remembering this and keeping in mind the verses of admonitions such as He does not change and if you show gratitude, then this chronic disease can be excised from you. In Surah An-Nahl, the verse uh, uh, it goes as follows. Uh, 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 whatever blessings you have, it is from Allah. The blessings that come to us night and day are beyond numeration as the Quran reminds. These blessings come in all forms. What we can say, see and touch by way of material goods, food, clothing, shelter, wealth and the like, as well as what we cannot see, like safety, friendship, love, health and protection from harm and calamity. The Quran begins with the phrase in Surah Al-Fatiha uh, 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 that in the name of Allah, the most merciful, the most given. And so when we start with the Bismillah before things, and some scholars say that merciful, Rahman, implies the, the giver of the major blessings, while mercy giving, Rahim, implies to the giver of subtle blessings that are not perceived until they are removed. We blink, for example, thousands of times a day without thought. There are people, however, who require artificial lubrication because their tear glands do not function. There are countless blessings related to the eye, let alone other aspects of our lives, like our ability to walk and balance without needing to consciously stimulate dozens of muscles requiring to take one step. All we have to do is look at somebody who has had their brain damaged by alcohol when the part of the brain that is affected and they lose their balance center. Just, we take this for granted. But something just to, to one, one vice, we can ruin our ability to walk. 
Our thumbs permit us to do what, with our hands what most creations can, cannot attempt. God has made food delicious instead of bland, and He's given us dignity in our nutrition, which is a tremendous blessing, especially when one considers the way carnivores devour their prey. While we cannot count our blessings, we are charged to be grateful for having them. So let man reflect on the food he eats. Indeed, we have poured down water in showers. Then we split the land in clefts. Then we cause to grow grain therein, and grapes and fresh herbage, and olive trees and date palms, and dense orchards and fruits and pasture. All provisions for you and for your cattle. And this is again Surah 80, verses 24 to 32. The fact that the Qur'an has been revealed to us to tell us to reflect on the blessings in itself is a great blessing. For the human being cannot on his or her own figure out how to live with guidance. To deny God's blessings can lead to outright disbelief and denial of God the Exalted. In uh, Surah uh, Al-Anfal, God never changes any blessing He has bestowed upon a people until they first change what is in themselves. God will not take away a blessing until people show ingratitude. A poet said, if you are in a blessing, guard it, for disobedience shall snatch it away. Gratitude to God protects one from having blessings removed. There is an interesting concept called istidraj, in which God allows an ingrate or to flaunt his blessings, while God does not diminish the ingratitudes, uh, the person who does not show, ingra- uh, show gratitude's blessings in the least. In fact, he may increase them. The person then begins to think that God really does love him or her and only the only thing worse than a person uh, who is misguided, the person who is astray but believes himself to favoured by Allah. And this is important to realise that you may see people around you who are ingratitude, who do not show gratitude to Allah, who do not believe, who curse, who do all the things that we are told to stay away from because of the punishment therein and the bad behaviour associated with it. But they seem to be blessed in the dunya. And the important thing is what we see with our eyes is only the apparent and the blessings which are fleeting, which are temporary, which they have to will be taken away from them when they die. The point is, is that we as Muslims, we benefit from the same things, but we get barakah in it, we get blessing in it, we get halal in it, we, and we, it helps us to do more good. So never get uh, dismayed or distracted or deluded when you see people who are not close to Allah, who have what you have without putting as much effort. The beauty of it is comes in the effort that you put in because that effort is allowing you to know Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, <coughs> to know your maker, to get to know him, to be asked from him. Someone can offer you stolen goods, somebody can offer you uh, 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 for free or somebody can offer you goods that you buy with your own money. Some people say the stolen goods are, are, are better because I don't have to pay, I can use my money for other things. But that is delusion. When you buy something with your own money, you have a receipt, you have a guarantee, you have a warranty. It, you have true ownership of it. Somebody could come and say that good was actually in my house. You cannot defend yourself if you've taken stolen goods. Yes, you may, have, you may have thought, okay, nobody, it's come to me and I, I have my right to take it. But even just because something is easy in terms of the dunya doesn't mean it is best in terms of our dunya or indeed our akhirah. As for a man, whenever his Lord tries him by honouring him and bestowing favours on him, he says, my Lord has honour me. And whenever he tries him by restricting his provisions, he says, my Lord has humiliated me. And again, this is uh, uh, how the person who thinks they've been loved by Allah who's been given things, response because they don't see the constriction or the restriction uh, as actually a blessing from Allah that he's got some hidden wisdom that we just are not privy to. Scholars of Qur'anic commentary say that this passage shows the confusion of people in the way uh, people interpret the blessings they receive. When they are recipients of great wealth, they see themselves as especially pleasing to Allah and when their provision is restricted, they feel God is debasing them. But the reality people often miss is that, what, that wealth is a test. Will its recipient be generous or miserly? 
The same applies when wealth is restricted. Will a person be patient and content or feel despair and bitterness? There are things that benefit a person in the short and long term. Examples of this are knowledge and excellent character. There are also things that are harmful to a person immediately and in the long term, like ignorance and obnoxiousness. Then there are things that offer immediate gratification, but the long-term benefits are nil. Carnal desires, shahwat, are generally like this, so your hunger, your thirst, your sexual drive. If a person overeats, he experiences immediate gratification, but in the long term, it invites health problems. Things may be beneficial in the long term, but somewhat uncomfortable in the short. It may be difficult for a person to stop himself from eating until he is filled, but the long-term benefits are obvious. This is also true when it comes to sexual intimacy. Being patient until marriage may be uncomfortable and even frustrating, but its benefits are far greater than any temporary pleasure attained by uh, seeking alternative means. Ignorance urges people to see only short-term relief as a blessing and to ignore the benefits of patience and temporary discomfort. Knowledge opens the eyes to the long-term benefit which lasts forever. In a study on children, researchers left cookies on a, out on a table and told the children they can have either one cookie now or two later. Consistently, children who scored better on intelligence tests waited for this two-cookie option. After following these children for 30 years, those who opted for the longer-term gain were better adjusted, better educated, more successful in their marriages. The necessary link between intelligence and morality, the will, there is a, ne a necessary link between intelligence and morality. The willingness to put off a short-term gain for a long-term benefit that ultimately is greater and everlasting. This kind of intelligence is conditioned by Islam. Umar said, we are, those we are people who God has given dignity with Islam, but if you seek dignity elsewhere, God will humiliate us. Blessings are either roots or branches. The roots are like Iman, Islam, health, safety and well-being. The branches are money, clothing, shelter and so on. It is revealed in the Quran that the children of Israel disputed with the Prophet among them over the choice of Saul Talut as their king because he was not a man of great wealth. But the Prophet told them that God has given Saul knowledge and strength which are blessings greater than wealth. May Allah make it easy for us to understand and appreciate this concept of blessing. Blessing and gratitude, uh, gratitude does not mean saying Alhamdulillah or just smiling when you have something. <coughs> blessing means understanding who gave you that and why he gave you it. And as a result, how do you use it so that it is a real blessing. A real blessing is something that lasts, not something that's temporary. <coughs> if the blessing lasts, then we're going to benefit it from more often. That is a real blessing. People talk about getting more for your money. Yes, everybody can earn money. But the real blessing is the barakah in that money that you get so much out of it, even down the line. You thought, I should have, I should have run out. But alhamdulillah, the blessing, that is the blessing of wealth, not the wealth in itself. May Allah make it easy for myself, my brothers and my sisters to understand and appreciate the real blessings. Alhamdulillah, Rabbil Alameen, Aslaat, Aslaam, Ashraf, Al-Anbaa, Al-Mursaleen, A'udhu Billahi Min Shaitan Rajeem, Bismillah Ar-Rahman Ar-Rahim, Wal-Asr, Inna Al-Insana Lafi Khusr, Illa Al-Ladheena Aman, Wa-Amilu Salihati, Wa-Tawasaw Bil-Haqqi, Wa-Tawasaw Bil-Sawr. Once the Prophet asked a man, do you know what the completion of a blessing is? The Prophet said, told him, entering paradise. The best of blessings are those connected with entering paradise. Faith, patience, good character, swiftness in doing good and promptness in worshipping are blessings of God and they are everlasting. Islam itself is the completeness of God's blessings upon humanity. And we know in Surah Maida, This day I have perfected you, your religion, and I have completed my blessing upon you, and I have chosen Islam for you as your religion. 
The ornaments of this life are such things as the highest furnishings and clothing. The more what that one has of the <coughs> blessings, the more they will have to be accountable for them. The Prophet said that the meat, the dates and the cool water that we are consumed are of those things we will be asked about, even sandals on our feet. To be zahid, ascetic, does not always mean a lack of material possession. The ascetism is of the heart, in which one is not attached to the material world and is indifferent to it. In other words, a person's character and level of faith will not change if he loses his wealth. That is a sign of a zahid. But if one falls apart and plunges into despondency when losing something valuable, it shows inordinate attachment to the worldly life. My respected brothers and sisters, this should not be confused when it comes to the things that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has given us and we have an obligation towards them as well. So our, for example, if you have a spouse or you have children or you have a, a, a dependent, it is important to recognize these are blessings and these are worldly, but we have been given a responsibility to look after them and to fulfill obligations towards them. Therefore, by saying, uh, I'm going to get attached to them by, uh, by looking after them and as a result of it, I may not get attached to Allah and therefore neglecting looking after them is not right. The point is, the Prophet Muhammad Sallallahu how loving was he towards his daughter Fatima Rallanha? He looked after her, he, he, go, he stood up for her when she came to her room. Yet he had the weight of the whole Ummah on his shoulders. He left Makkah and went to Medina. He'd made so many sacrifices, but at no point in time did he ever neglect his daughter. At no point in time did he not demonstrate the love for her internally and externally. At no point in time was he, not, uh, was he never afraid to use her as an example. And at no point in time uh, uh, did anyone ever dispute the status and the love that she reciprocated to him. Indeed, when the entrails were thrown on him, uh, when he was worshipping, who was it who lifted it? It was a daughter. And a daughter's love for a father can only be uh, appreciated when the father has shown love first, because the children learn from their parents. So never neglect your duties and obligations towards your loved one, and see them as part and parcel, hand in hand, running in parallel with you showing gratitude to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, because how many people don't have children to teach? When you teach your child, and the child does something good, and you do it for the sake of Allah, that is a sadqa jariya. That is an everlasting blessing that a child continues to do good after you pass away and it earns you reward. It may be that reward that your child did on your behalf through what they learned that may take a person out of hellfire and put them into Jannah. So may Allah make it easy for myself, my brothers and my sisters to appreciate the blessings and to utilize them uh, when, uh, in the best way. For more information and to listen to more podcasts, visit us at arc.score or check out the Arc Media app.